0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: And welcome back, everyone, to the Lay the Points podcast. I am your host, Kendall Caps, alongside my co-host here, Jordan Chereau. We are set. The NBA Finals are finally here. How how are you feeling, man? Uh,
2: well, I should ask you how are you feeling. Are you able to like kind of take a breath now since that uh, Jimmy Butler missed three pointer that probably couldn't probably. Oh my probably... goodness!
1: My heart was in my throat. I could not watch the... those final couple minutes were excruciating and really really difficult to watch. But it was impressive once again to see this Celtics team when their back was up against the wall them step up, and even though at the end of the game they nearly gave it away, to be able to start the game the way they did um, on the road in another Game 7 with such a young team was really impressive. And now we get to look ahead, and we have another massive test, obviously, in front of us, the Golden State Warriors, the sixth time that they have been in the NBA Finals in the last eight years. That's the first team since Jordan's Bulls in the 90s. So it's obviously going to be quite the challenge.
2: It's going to be a really exciting series for sure. Um, Huge test for the Celtics. Obviously, they went through uh, the Bucs and the Heat, and I'm missing one more team again.
1: Durant and and Kyrie and the Nets. And the Nets, right. Which which again, remember, at the end of the regular season, the Celtics could have done what the Bucs did the Bucs tanked their last, they pulled their starters the last couple of games to avoid playing the Nets in the first round. And after the Celtics defeated the Heat, Emi Odoka, Coach Udoka, once again referenced it saying, we don't duck no smoke. Like they they went out to win games at the end of the season, said, hey, bring on those Nets. And then they swept their asses, took care of the defending champ Bucks, took care of the top seeded Heat. Like they're not going to be intimidated in this series. I'll tell you that much
2: yeah and some stats about uh, some of the the matchups here Steve Kerr as a warriors head coach is seven and nine versus the Celtics in his career only team in the NBA he has a losing record against. so that's interesting yeah. going into this. Also yeah. Steph Curry uh, in his career versus Celtics he's 11 and 11. Uh, only Spurs have a better record against him during his career. So, you know, you're looking at the best defense in the NBA with the Boston Celtics going against the uh, a top five defense in Golden State. So shouldn't be a lot of high-scoring games? What do you think?
1: Obviously, you know, it's funny because when you look at a lot of the over-unders for Golden State throughout the postseason, a lot of them have been sitting in the 220s, 230 range because the team they go against typically has been able to score. But in this matchup, it's a giant leap down. It's, I think it's two, 12 and a half for game one. And I'm sure a lot of them are going to fall right in that range throughout the series. And even though I do expect there to be at least two games that are played in the nineties, um, I don't know which games those will be. I have a feeling we might see one. We might see a lower scoring game in game one with the Warriors having a full seven days off. Remember these guys are creatures of habit. And seven days off, that's a lot of time to play competitively in a basketball game. And the Celtics, you know, this is the first time they will have had three days off in the entire postseason. They've played every other day the whole postseason and went in deep series in the second and third round. So they haven't had three days off since the first round. So it's a, it should allow them to heal up a little bit. Robert Williams, the swelling in his knee might go down a little bit. Marcus Smart they're already saying is a full go no limitations so this might be the healthiest we've seen the Celtics in the postseason going into game one but it's definitely not going to be the same for the Golden State Warriors.
2: Let's talk about some of the matchups in this series so the Celtics are bigger um, with Al Horford Robert Williams and um, so I think that and let me just point this out as well. The Warriors' tallest player on their team is 6'9", who is Kevon Looney, which is mind-boggling to me, um, considering how good of a team they are and how good defensively they are. We had talked pre-show about this um, with um, the matchup of Jalen Brown. I don't think he is going to have a great series, and the reason why is he's going to have to be chasing around switches on Curry, on... Clay Thompson, and Andrew Wiggins, which I think ultimately is going to wear him out offensively. He's going to struggle. He's probably not going to have legs in the fourth quarter. So what do you think about any particular matchups in um, the finals?
1: I agree with you. I am concerned, especially as a Celtics fan, I'm very concerned about Jalen Brown. He He's a little inconsistent, and we saw that his handle gets quite loose also, offensively, and he turns the ball over anytime he puts the ball on the floor in traffic. And similar to the Heat team that the Celtics just beat in seven games, the Warriors also have very active hands defensively. And so, knowing, like you said, he's going to spend so much time defensively chasing Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins off ball screens. Running, I mean, everyone knows you You watch Golden State play offense and it's just constant motion and having to chase some of those guys around. And the Celtics don't have a lot of wing depth. They have some guard depth with Peyton Pritchard and Derek White off the bench, but they don't have any wing players really that they rely on. And so Jalen Brown is probably going to be playing close to 40 minutes a night in this series and if he's chasing those guys around, those legs could easily get tired out. And then when he's trying to dribble drive on the offensive end, and he already struggles when he gets into the lane, if they're, he's facing a team with active hands, um, I, I agree that he might really struggle. Uh, Jason Tatum, on the other hand, he seems to be, outside of a couple rare games, he seems to show up just about every night offensively. And I'm sure he'll lead the team in scoring. But one guy in particular that I think much of this series hinges on for the Celtics is the play of Marcus Smart. What he needs to do defensively to slow Steph Curry down. Steph Curry has hit 29 of his career shots when Marcus Smart is the primary defender. He has done such an exceptional job on him in the past. Granted, that's in very limited amount of games against one another. Um, but I believe the Celtics will need him to do a great job. If Curry averages thirty plus or close to that in this series, and is efficient scoring the ball, it's going to be really, really tough on the Celtics.
2: Yeah, I don't see Curry, you know, scoring that many points. I think they're really going to Marcus Smart's going to like just try to put the clamps down on Curry, and a lot of it depends about you know foul calling um, in the finals because we've seen a lot of shaky foul calls, -calls, non-calls throughout the playoffs so far. So that'll be big, you know. Um, I mean, you know, I wonder if there actually is some kind of betting line to see if actually Draymond Green gets a technical foul in a particular game because, you know, he's one of those players that's like you love him when he's on your team. You can't stand him when he's not. And the reason why is because the guy just he gets the longest leash with I like I have never seen a player just charge officials screaming at them yelling <laughs> yelling in the crowd throwing it. it's like you know like that's crazy how he he gets away with that it's just insane so um but going back to what we were saying sorry I digress on that but um I think Marcus Smart has to be huge in this series defensively and then to be able to hit big shots, because you know that's going to um, happen at some point in these games. Um, but when it comes to like team health um, for the Warriors, Gary Payton the second, his return is questionable for Game One. I know he is improving, but Otto Porter and Andre Iguodala still hurt. Uh, most likely not going to be playing at least at the start of this series. So their bench is very thin. Um, but Robert Williams hopefully will be able to get back. Um, and then obviously Marcus Smart is good to go. So whose bench do you think? Because I know you had mentioned Derek White and Peyton Pritchard. And, you know, we can't forget about Jordan Poole and Kevon Looney. Who do you think kind of has the advantage um, bench-wise for both teams?
1: Well, I, I think a lot of it will depend on the health of the Warriors and if they're able to get their guys back. I still find it hard to believe that Gary Payton has progressed that much since fracturing his elbow in the second round against the Grizzlies that he'll be able to return this quickly. My guess is, especially if the Warriors win at home in game one and or game two, you're not going to be rushing him back. Um, but also Otto Porter jr. And even less likely the odds that they get Iggy back at, at some point this series until they can get those guys. The aforementioned Jordan Poole and Kevon Looney are, are probably the only two players that will play off the bench. Maybe the Belinka guy. How do you pronounce his name again? You know his name.
2: Nemanja Bielica.
1: Nemanja Bielica. I would never have guessed that by looking at that name in my entire life. He might get a few minutes randomly here or there, but for the most part, Steve Kerr is going to have to go with a seven-man rotation until he gets some of those guys back whereas Boston is is honestly a bit deeper with a couple guards off the bench. Don't forget Grant Williams as well, the Game 7 hero against the Bucs, uh, who's played pretty big minutes for them throughout this postseason. So I think early on, the Celtics will hold in a slight edge with their bench play. But as the series progresses, it might tip in the favor of Golden State if they have 8, 9, maybe 10 guys that they can rotate, rotate in and keep fresh legs for for Curry Thompson and Wiggins late in the fourth quarter, um, which is why it is going to be pivotal for the Celtics. If they are going to win this series, they must. And I mean, they must win one of the first two games in golden state. If they drop down to nothing and then golden state gets healthier as this series goes along, they are in for a world of hurt and it could end really, really quickly.
2: So, if you had to pick a player that could be the X factor from each team, and I'll give you mine as well. Who would you say for Boston who could come up big, either hitting a big shot or just having a big game that could change a series for Boston and for Golden State? Outside My of X the top players,
1: knowing, knowing, yeah, like you said, outside of the top, because we know if Boston's going to win, Tatum's going to have to play well uh, and is going to have to score the ball and lead the team in scoring more than likely, um, and for for the Warriors, Steph Curry, and probably Klay Thompson. They're, those are the obvious names. But the player that we I touched on a little while ago, Marcus Smart, to me, is the X factor in this series. If he is able to do a good job on Curry defensively and limit his efficiency, turn him into a volume scorer, Curry's going to get his points. And to one of your points that you talked about, how is the officiating of this series going to play out? Because in the Eastern Conference Finals, the refs for the most part, they let them play. There was a lot of banging. And I mean, the calls were kind of all over the place and randomly there would be some ticky tack calls, but there was some serious physical contact. So that will have some serious implications. And if the referees allow Boston to aggressively use their physicality, because there's no doubt about it, they are the bigger, stronger team in this series. Um, I believe that that would work to their advantage between Marcus Smart's physicality on Curry, and then also Robert Williams down low for the Celtics, and his ability to rebound the ball and block shots. Um, so I think like Smart, a combination of Smart and/or Robert Williams would be the guys that don't immediately come to mind that would be X factors if Boston's going to win this series.
2: What about Golden State?
1: For Golden State. I mean to be honest, they're the favorites. They're the guys that know how to win these things. If they go out and play the way that they're capable of playing, um, I I, as long as those other guys that I just talked about for Boston don't play beyond their capabilities, I think the Warriors will be just fine. And so for me, I I don't know if there is necessarily one particular guy that stands out. I guess if there was one, maybe it would be Andrew Wiggins because I think. Jalen Brown, who is a premier defender, is primarily going to be chasing Klay Thompson around for much of the game. And Tatum needs to save some of his energy for the offensive end because they're going to rely on him so much offensively in this series that I could see Andrew Wiggins doing a lot better offensively than a lot of people are projecting.
2: Yeah, I would say for Boston, um, and I know you know so much more about this team than I do, but I look at like what players are going to get a lot of good opportunities offensively to score because the attention is not going to be on them. And the guy that comes to mind who had played pretty well in this last series is Derek White. I just think he's the guy, um, he was a pretty good shooter in San Antonio. They made that trade the deadline. It was kind of an underrated trade. And if he's able to knock down his open shots and not do too much, but just hit big shots when need be, I think he could be a very big X factor. Maybe not in the entire series, but maybe in a big crucial game, he could hit a couple big threes. Yep. Because the attention is going to be on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and he's going to have a lot of opportunities because those guys are going to create drive to the paint, and he's going to be open. And so, if he's able to knock those down, um, he could be a very very big uh, player in this um, in this series, and then going to Golden State. I think uh, I point to a guy who's the kind of who has played great in the playoffs, kind of cooled off a little bit. But another guy in Jordan Poole, who I think is going to get a lot of opportunities considering Clay and um, Steph create so much attention on them that he's going to get a lot of opportunities. And he is the type of shooter and player that can just blow up for 30 points in a game and can just kind of take over because Golden State just has so many good shooters on their team that you can't really leave anybody open. So I think those two could really be X factors in this series. And it's going to be really, really exciting to watch and see how it all plays out. But let's actually get to game one itself and talk about some lines. So Golden State is favored by 3.5 and and the over-under is 2.12.5 for this game. I particularly like Golden State at minus three and a half. And I think you have a different opinion on this.
1: I do. I actually like the Celtics to win game one outright. So and on the money line, they're plus 140. I really like them coming into this game for for a bunch of different reasons, partly because of the depth issues that we talked about. Also, the rest issue, the Celtics coming off an ideal three days of rest. The Warriors having a week off. I actually think that Tends to work against a team that relies on their shooting ability as much as Golden State does. Um, also, for all the talk that the Warriors are nine and zero in the postseason at the Chase Center, well, the Celtics are seven and two on the road. They are by far the best road team in the NBA in these playoffs. They they have played significantly better basketball on the road than they have at home, and I think if they're going to steal one of the games in Golden State early, my gut says it's going to be game one. We already know they're not going to back down. They match up well for a lot of the reasons that we talked about. Uh, So I actually really like them to steal game one. Um, But by no means is that a lock because obviously this Golden State team, they've only gotten better, it seems like, as the year has gone along. Um, And they are the favorites in the finals for for a reason. Um, Looking at the series prices too, Golden State is minus 160 to win the series. Boston plus 135. So those are series prices. So Vegas, by giving you those odds, is telling you this is a series. Most times, anytime you see a dog getting plus 200 or better, Vegas is essentially saying they're not going to win this series. It, it just, it's very rare you see a team in a finals, in a championship, whether it's NBA, NHL, wherever it is, if is, they're plus 200 or worse. They're not going to win that game nine times out of ten. Um, but here they're giving series prices. So overall, do you think there's any value to either of those two bets for the series?
0: Uh
2: it's tough. It's tough because as much as I want to say golden States, you know, like going to win this series, um, Boston is, a, they're a really, really good team. So, I mean, I guess for, I guess I'd probably take Boston plus 135, you know, because, I think they have a really good shot. I mean, I do. Um, It's just kind of just depends on how well they play defensively. And, and if they can just wreak havoc on golden state's high powered offense and just throw them off their rhythm and Tatum and especially Jalen Brown, he's the key guy in this series for me. If he has a great series, then they have a great chance of winning the fight, you know, the finals. So, but as far as, um, Game one is concerned. I see your point with the rest, how it can definitely um, be a factor on a team that has time to just chill and relax and maybe get a little unprepared, even though they're supposed to be really prepared and they just kind of come out sluggish while the other team is coming off a big series and they have just, you know, five days of rest or like four days. I think that's what it was. And so they come in like with a lot of momentum, but I just think with golden state and Steve Kerr is going to have this team just ready and so focused, but I could see them actually come out and um, start out slow a little bit and then kind of have to play from behind. But yeah, like I look at that record nine and no chase center um, in the playoffs. It's in the playoffs, right? Yes, correct. And uh, so I just look at that and I'm just like, you know, like I feel pretty confident, but you know, like, If you're going to bet this, like, I think it's going to be close. Like it's probably going to like Golden State will probably win by like four with some foul shots at the end (laughs) and then barely cover or, or win by three. Well, that's
1: that's, that touches on the reason why, even though I like Boston and remember, admittedly, I am a Celtics fan. I'm a diehard Celtics fan. I am picking them to win game one, but I am picking the Warriors to win this series. And I'll tell you why. If you had told me before game seven against Miami that the Celtics were going to win game seven, I would have picked them to win this series. But after having watched them, the way they played, it reminded me that these young kids, because it is a mostly young team, not a single player on the Celtics roster has ever played in the NBA finals. Whereas practically half of the Warriors have been there six times, um, and you watch the difference between these two teams in what the new stat is called clutch time, when a game was in within five points with five or few, fewer minutes left in the game. The Celtics were 26th in the NBA this year in those scenarios, and we saw exactly why in Game 7 against Miami. They don't close games well. We saw it in the Bucs series as well. They could have beaten the Bucks in five. Um, But they did not win games. They didn't make big plays late to put teams away. And, And knowing that, and what is the one thing, when you look at the Warriors, almost every time a game is close late, especially in the postseason this year, it's close late. They always make the plays, and they it's, it's as though they know, they have this utmost confidence that they're going to make the right play, someone is going to hit the big shot, you'll get a big stop, and you'll win the game, and they do it time and again, so again, I, I do like Boston in Game 1, but overall, for the series, I like Golden State, which, personally knowing that, there is a prop bet that if you bet that particularly, if you bet that Boston will get, win game one, but the Warriors uh, take the series, you're going to get five to one on your money. Um, so it's a nice little sneaky prop bet, which I have a, a few of these that I really like for this series. But that one in particular, uh, obviously so much of it depends on game one tomorrow night. Um, but if Boston does win, then I feel really, really good sitting in that spot.
2: Yeah, I, I I'm the same with you. I think the Warriors win the series. I think it goes six games. Um, but I think it'll definitely be competitive along the way. There might be one that might not be close, but I do agree with you on that. And uh, I don't really, um, I'm not really jealous of your nerves that's going to start on Thursday night because it's just, you know, considering how they kind of can't close games like being a fan knowing it's the NBA finals and everything's on the line and every game is crucial and it's just like if you have to watch you know be up 8 with 2 minutes left and you just have to watch a collapse hopefully that doesn't happen for you but yeah. um I'm rooting for you
1: well it'll be interesting well I, I want to take a look at a couple of these prop bets that we have right so for finals MVP curry is the odds on favorite at -115 Tatum is 175. Beyond that, the odds drop way down. The next highest is Jalen Brown at plus a thousand. so you get 10 to one in your money at that spot. Now if you think Golden State is going to win the series, which you do, I do. And knowing all the talk all week about how he hasn't won a Finals MVP, if Golden State wins this series, there's a reason why the next highest number for any Warriors player is like Klay Thompson at like twenty to one um, or thirty. It's something crazy. It's because Curry will win the MVP if the Warriors win the series. Now, knowing that, one of the prop bets that you can make is if Curry averages twenty-five a game and the Warriors win the series. Now, both of us think he's the Warriors are going to win this series. I find it hard to believe he's held under 25 per game. There, There's going to be some games he doesn't get there. But to average it, I feel pretty darn confident that he gets to that. And for that, I think right now you can get that at a plus 140. So instead of just betting him as the MVP at 115, he only wins the MVP if they win the series more than likely. So instead of laying 115 odds, why not take the parlay of Warriors win the series Curry scores 25 a game, and then you get plus 140. You're getting it's basically the same bet, and you're just getting way better odds.
2: Yeah, that bet is juicy. That's a right? good one. I really like that one a lot. I'm gonna do that one.
1: Yeah, there's there is a number of them out there that I, I've really liked. I think I think there's some value to be had in Marcus Smart winning MVP at plus forty one hundred. Like you're getting 41 to 1 on your money and if Tatum, let's say he's not efficient scoring the basketball, but Smart does a great job defensively on Curry and averages 20 a game and hits big shots in like the series clinching game, if Boston were to win this, like I, I think that is more. If this series plays out 41 times, I think Smart wins the MVP more than once. So to me, that's a steal when it comes to value. When I saw that, uh, like to me that that's well worth just tossing a few shekels at knowing you're getting 41 to one on your money mm-hmm.
2: no agreed i mean it's it's kind of like thinking oh marcus smart's gonna win mvp and you know with boston winning the finals but it's just like hey you know what like anything can happen i mean he's a really good player and uh his if he plays stellar defense, that'll definitely stand out.
1: And that's, wh- and that's what would make the difference. That's why right. I think the bet is worth it because he's going to have to be the one to slow Steph Curry down for the most part. And if they're going to win the series, I'd say Curry didn't have an outstanding series. And more than likely, that probably was because Marcus Smart did a good job defensively. Mm-hmm. So again, it's more just at 41 to 1. I really, really like that bet. but were there any other prop bets that you thought were kind of interesting?
2: Um,
1: I know there was a Jordan Poole one.
2: Yes. Yeah, Jordan Poole, he has to score 30, 30 plus in any games and Golden State wins the series of parlay is plus 1,400.
1: So, Well, and he scored 30 against the Celtics in their loss against them this year.
2: And this is just in any game in any the series. Any game in the series.
1: He just has to score 30 once. And they have to win the series, and you get 14 to 1 on your money.
2: Damn, these are good prop bets. They're, wow.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's some I mean, interesting little things in there. that, And there's lots of money-making opportunities. And people, a lot of them don't tend to look at the prop bets. But I have always found it that prop bets, a lot of times are easier to project and predict than individual game lines. Because even Vegas, you know, the game lines, a plus 135 versus a a minus 140. It's like, that's almost a toss-up. It's hard to know who's really going to win and cover these games. But when you see certain prop bets and it's like, you know, like, just You have more information based on players' individual histories to make educated guesses. And that's where I really like some of those. And yeah, that Jordan Poole one that you brought up, I think that's at 14-1, to 1, that's pretty solid because we know he's capable of scoring 30. And if we already think the Warriors are going to win the series, you've already hit that side.
2: And the best one, and this one's particularly perfect for you I've, from everything you said, is you can parlay Boston winning game one with the Golden State winning the series and the finals and that's plus 490
1: yeah so you get five to one on your money
2: exactly so i think
1: that's a very i think that's a highly likely scenario that most people wouldn't think it would be um but but that's kind of what i like
2: exactly so these are some great great bets bet online that's where you want to do it um i mean why not it's some really really good juicy bets out there that can really uh, cash you in. So, okay, so we decided uh, with the uh, finals starting on Thursday, um, Golden State in six. And yep. what's your final prediction?
1: I, I also have the Warriors in six. Uh, again, I think Boston is really good defense, uh, really good on the road, but they have shown that they're not nearly as good at home. Game six is in Boston, so I think it'll be three two Warriors going into Boston, and once again. The Celtics can't can't uh, do their job on their home floor. I think it ends in six as well.
2: Well, I don't know if you follow Kendall on Twitter, but Kendall, can you uh, shout out your uh, your Twitter tag just in case, if you have uh, it?
1: Yeah, it's just at Kendall Capps, um, K-E-N-D-A-L-L-C-A-P-P-S, um, where I like to post lots of different tidbits as the week goes along, including following up with uh, our segment, Kendall's Corner, which I admittedly, I took my first loss in this last uh, series in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, I took the under 29.5 total goals in the Rangers-Hurricane series. And they didn't get the 30th goal until five minutes left in the third period of Game 7. So I feel like that one I got really unlucky. The series went as far as it possibly could have and it just hit the 30. But I hit my avalanche series total over. I hit all three of the overs the previous series. So in Kendall's corner overall, I've hit five out of six so far since we first began the segment. And there's a couple things that I really like again this week that are well worth putting some money on. So let's go back to the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Rangers Lightning, the series total games, it's in that particular series, everyone is expecting the Lightning to win. And I think they very well might win the series. But this Rangers team is no joke. Shesterkin, their goalkeeper, uh, their goaltender, has allowed 13 goals total over his last seven games. The Rangers are not going to hide. They played the Lightning three times this year, beat them all three, two of them handily. So this is going to be a deep series. I don't know who's going to win it, but it's going to be a deep series. So I have figured out a way that you can guaranteed win money. It doesn't matter who wins this series. If you bet game six, if you bet that there will be six games total in this series, you'll get plus 195 on your money. It doesn't matter who wins the series. Just betting that it will end in exactly six games. You get two to one. Then bet half of that money on the series ending in seven games. So if the series goes seven, you basically break even. If the series ends in six, you win one and a half times your money. You cannot lose because trust me, this series is not ending in a sweep or in five games. This series is going at least six games. And knowing that, you literally can rig the system so that you cannot lose. And that is what I am suggesting you do right now. Also, in the Avalanche Oilers series, there is a futures bet that they're practically handing away money in that series, if Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and uh, Nathan McKinnon each score two or more goals in this series, it's minus 200. So you have to lay two to one, but McDavid and McKinnon already scored in game one last night. So you only need four more goals total from these guys. These are some of the best goal scorers in the world. And both teams don't have a goalie after Darcy Kemper got hurt in game one. So there's scrubs in net for both teams, and these are the two best offensive teams arguably in the NHL, I feel very, very confident that you're going to get four more goals total from three of the best goal scorers in the NHL. Um, So I feel like those are two rock solid Kendall's corner bets. Take them to the bank. Go make yourself a little bit of money. Um, And just a side thing to toss out there, it's a futures bet, but well worth it just because you're not going to see these odds again. Aaron Judge is currently plus 330 to win the American League MVP. I I find it hard to believe. Right now, Shohei Otani is the favorite. He is not producing near to the level that he did on either side with his pitching or with his hitting. Aaron Judge is playing out of his mind. And with that Yankee lineup producing behind him, there's no reason to see he's going to slow down. You're not going to get better than plus 330 odds for him winning the MVP probably the rest of the year. So go put some money on it now while you're still getting pretty solid odds on it.
2: Holy crap. If that doesn't get you fired up to uh, play some bets, I don't know what will. That was impressive. Kendall has been, uh, he's been, uh, I'd say, gloating on uh, Twitter about uh, his bets. And uh, he absolutely should. He's been killing it. You should definitely take his advice. This man knows sports. He knows hockey very, very well. So um, impressive stuff, Kendall. And um I really hope we can uh, help everyone win some coin. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. And uh, let's go Celtics.
2: Yep, go Celtics. And uh, I hope everyone enjoys uh, game one and two this weekend of the NBA Finals. We will be back on Monday to break down the games and look into game three of the NBA Finals. So uh, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next
0: week.